0: the ball goes out of play, for a corner gone their way, there's an 8 foot 7 German His face, and he has to set him, pace, and the way that he runs it makes me question my empty masculinity. Well, I wish I could be Christophe for a day when I cook a Christmas dinner, German sausage is the winner, hooray! Oh, well stop for a day, Well let the balls deflect a crystal. If I was in the month for a while, I would go the extra mile, and wear the tightest pair of pants you've ever seen. Because his diagonal winning he head is by the bucket He's the only man who makes pretending look like something fancy babies. Well, I wish I could be Christopher for the day. He makes me pull a Christmas cracker like he's kicking an attacker around the bay. Sanchez. For Christmas
1: Hello all, welcome to Pinkin Live 2 A live podcast for all you listeners to the com Norwich City Podcast. And kicking us off in style there, we can't take any of the credit. That all goes to John Rogers. I'm sure you all know John. Very funny chap all across social media and he raises a lot of money for the neonatal intensive care unit at the Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital which he is again with that bit of festive fun. Uh, Don't we all wish we could be Christoph Zimmerman for a day. Um, Head over to John's Twitter profile which is John Rogers Writer and that's got all the links to, if you'd like to, to donate. If you've got a couple of quid, you can spare. Uh, great work from John. I'm your host, Dave Freezer. We've got loads of festive football chat coming up. Uh, my colleagues, Paddy Davitt and Connor Southwell will be joining us as well. Uh, the under-18s, Norwich under-18s are in action. As we speak, they, they should have kicked off. They're playing at St George's Park tonight, which is um, the home of the England football team and the Football Association. They're in the FA Youth Cup third round. They're taking on Wolves. So we'll keep an eye on how they're getting on tonight. Tom Dixon-Peters has dropped back down to the under 18s uh, to help them out because he's still young enough he was of course on on the bench for the first team recently although uh, he didn't get on um we'll keep an eye on the questions and comments throughout the night so do keep them coming in uh, whether you're watching us on facebook youtube or twitter um you'll hopefully remember that we did one of these at the start of the season just before the huddersfield match uh, that was before the transfer window had closed and things like that so um we made our predictions for the season so we're not far from the halfway point. So we're going to take a look back at them uh, later in the night. We'll also be looking back at the win at Reading on Wednesday night. And of course, to tomorrow's lunchtime game at Carroll Road against Cardiff. Uh, we're going to kick off quite soon with um, some of our favourite Christmas memories joined by our EDP colleagues and city columnists, David Hannant, Steve Downs and Ian Clark. But first we've got a, we've got a good little reveal to kick things off for you. Um, if you follow the pink and twitter account which of course all good norwich city fans need to um we posted some photos a couple of days ago of a, a mystery norwich city player at uh, what was the equivalent of a, a, a i guess a junior canaries party at carrow road uh, that was in 1987 and we asked you to try and guess who that was and here is the man himself to reveal the answer
2: yo ho ho brian gunn here alias father christmas back in 1987 uh, and I noticed uh, Trevor Putney tucking into a custard cream now, which is meant for the kids. But uh, yeah, just one of my jobs back then as a single, uh, single man with no children. So uh, I took up the role of uh, Father Christmas for the Players Christmas Party and I think the uh, Young Supporters Christmas Party at Carrow Road that day as well. So for all those who uh, guessed it was me, well done. And uh, I hope you all have a great Christmas and a Happy New Year. And here's to Norwich City. Staying top of the table uh, come uh, May 2021. All the best. Brian Gunn.
1: There we go. It was Gunny. What a legend doing that little video for us. Uh, The man who sits fourth in the club's all-time appearances list. 477 games between 1986 and 1998. So we asked people to guess that. And if they got it correct, then they got entered into our sort of prize draw. You remember the first Pink and Live. We pitted paddy against connor uh representing two city fans so we're going to do that again as the half-time entertainment We've got a tough quiz lined up for paddy and connor and uh the prize is the norwich city sticker book starter pack which if you want one yourself you can buy from PinkandShop.co.uk. 25 pounds and you get the this year's sticker book and 50 packs of stickers just for 25 quid we're going to be giving away one of those starter packs and we uh Chose two names at random from the people that guessed correctly that it was Brian Gunn, and that is Luke Jotta and Darren Wilson. So if they're not watching, we'll get in touch with them on Twitter. But we'll come back to that at half time. Right, let's bring in uh, a few guests to kick off with David Hannon and Ian Clark. Um, now. Uh, I'm sure you know David and Ian, but Ian is uh, a bit of uh, a hero in terms of his Norwich City 11s. So, Clarkie, we'll, we'll bring you in on that very shortly. Um, but, chaps, uh, to, to kick off with, your sort of top Norwich City memory, Dave, for come to you first. In, in, in Your top Christmas memory from following Norwich City? I mean, I, I'm going to guess that nine out of ten Norwich City fans would, certainly ones of our age, would
2: pick the exact same moment. And it's just it's impossible to look past the moment that um, Darren Huckabee was unveiled as a Norwich City player on yeah. Boxing Day. And, you know, I, I couldn't tell you the year off the top of my head, 2002 maybe I want to say, but... um 3 wasn't it, yeah. 2003, that was it. And it was just, it was terrific, wasn't it? Because it was almost just before the days of everything being shared on the internet straight away. And I remember listening to the radio on the way in, hearing rumours saying, is it true, is it true? It's like, surely not. Um and we didn't didn't have a smartphone. So I couldn't go up on Twitter or which didn't exist and see whether uh, whether he was unveiled. And then you get to the ground and out he walks with Delia. And it, it was just a magic moment, you know. Um, and the fact that, you know, we're nearly twenty years later on, and mm-hmm. every Christmas we still sing five Huckabee's, four Huckabee's. Okay. It just shows that that was such a special moment. And, you know, he was he was a special player and you know i think that was the moment that season that i think everyone knew that we were going to finish the year as champions and go up to the premier league for the first time in what felt like a lifetime um and it's just difficult to top isn't it as as far as christmas moments go it was
1: the stuff of fairy tales i suppose it was i mean actually that that day Speaking of Gunny, the, before he was the Norwich City manager, he worked on sort of the commercial side of things, didn't he? And that year, the company that my dad worked for, the, the, they always got a box on uh, one of the corporate boxes at Carrow Road on Boxing Day. And so, you know, you get the tour around Carrow Road and things like that. And, and Gunny was actually looking after us and, you know, trying to sort of keep us all in, in check, really, because there was a, a few beers being had. Uh, but we bumped into Delia on the tour before the game. And, of course, we were all saying, come on, what, his hut's coming back. And she just winked at us and said, watch this so we kind of got a little bit excited at that point, thinking that we were going to uh, get Huckabee. and then of course he, he's rolled out before that Forest game on Boxing Day. But um, that—that's the big one. What about for you, Clarky? Well, the I mean, that was a memory.
3: Before I mention what I was going to say, I've got to say I think um, what Norwich City need to do. All the players need to wear one of Dave Hannan's jumpers yeah. every game over the Christmas period
2: during the match. Yeah, you know, I think this. I actually, I'm pretty sure I nicked this from my uh, from my uh, my behalf. Um, but Clark, you wouldn't you remember when back in the the fifties when um, we actually played <laughs> on Christmas Day? <laughs> Well, I just need
3: to remind Dave Hannan that he's working this weekend. <laughs> so am I. I'm going to be in charge, and he's going to have a really awful weekend. <laughs> I'm going with box popping, aren't I? <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, the we're, thing, we're, we've
3: got a first kit, a second kit, and a third kit. That needs to be the fourth kit for Christmas. Um, so apart from that, my, my most um, memorable sort of New Year and Christmas memory is actually, from a fan's point of view, um, we went to, we played at Sheffield Wednesday away, and it must have been the late 80s. I've been to a party, I was about 17, 18, over at um, North Tuddenham, which is probably about seven, six, seven miles from Deerham. The bus was going to pick me up on Deerham Bypass, one of the old Club Canary ones, at nine o'clock on uh, New Year's Day morning. Um, We'd got a taxi booked from North Tuddenham at one o'clock, thinking that'd be fine, get home, a little bit of sleep. So anyway, to cut a very long story short, my mate misbooked the taxi, so um, it didn't turn up. And... Um, we couldn't get one, so we had to walk home. I got back to doing about um, five o'clock in the morning, and literally, as soon as I got to bed, I was up again, all the Norwich gear on. Um, not a particularly pleasant journey to Sheffield Wednesday, but it was a really good game, and we equalised with about two minutes to go, and we were all doing the conga around the lower tier <laughs> at, um, at Hillsborough. So that was one of those sort of great you know, away day memories, but um, even that quite doesn't quite top the Hucks moment.
1: Now the same. I, nothing tops the, the Huck's moment for, for me, but just a few days before uh, Christmas or just a few days before the Huckabee unveiling was going top of the league at Portman Road. And I was lucky enough to be there in the away end that day. I literally got a ticket the day before for a mate, uh, Leon McKenzie, the, the, the debut derby double and everything. And I remember... Uh, Everybody walking out of Portman Road saying, uh, well, I'm going to have to paraphrase a bit here, but have we messed your Christmas up? <laughs> um, which uh, didn't go to, down too well with the locals. Uh, right. I said we keep an eye on the Youth Cup game and we have a goal update straight away. Norwich are taking the lead yeah. in the seventh minute. Uh, apparently, Tom Dixon-Peters has set up Tony Springer, who's picked out the far corner accurately. So Norwich, under-18s, leading their FA Youth Cup game come on, the boys. at St. George's Park, beating Wolves 1-0. Still early doors, though. Right. Let's, before we come to your Christmas 11, Clarkie, which is the thing I'm most looking forward to tonight, because uh, it's something of your party trick, your speciality, isn't it? Uh, let's <laughs> just have a few of the comments that have come in early and, and people mentioning uh, that, that video from John Rogers that we played yeah. at the top of the show uh, in aid of the NNN. Stephen Noakes and Kathy Susan Flanagan both say, Love it. Uh, Conrad Moore says, Impressive German sausage. Um, Johim Brokberg, uh, Good Yule from Sweden on the Ball City. Rhino Phil, Evening All. Stephen Noakes, Hello from Virginia, USA. Uh, Craig Brown, Love the song. Good work from John Rogers. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Carsten Balslav, Hello Norwich from Carsten and Rasmus. Cray Brown, love the Christmas jumper, Dave. This is as close as I've got to a Christmas jumper, I'm afraid. I don't, be I don't really have a, have a proper one. Um, He's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's cold enough for a Christmas jumper either. I'm pretty <laughs> I've had to open the window. And just finally, on the comments front for the moment, Neil Austin, Evening all. Eagle Park, top Christmas is the Huck's unveiling even BBC5 live was buzzing with excitement on the way to the ground. Right, um if producer Tony can pull up Clarkie's uh, 11 then and I'll, I'll hand over to you Mr Clark for your uh, for your party piece. Thanks Dave.
3: Well I must just before I start I've got to say, got to give a shout out to Mrs Clark who's I'm sure not watching because she doesn't actually really like football. But when I was telling her what I was doing earlier on, she, she gave me the biggest surprise of the week when she started singing the jingle bell song, and all of a sudden it was jingle bell, jingle bell, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to be. And then blah blah blah. Paul McVeigh. So she got she got in the spirit of it. So I wondered where that was
1: going for a second.
3: Yeah, but um, anyway. Down <laughs> <laughs> to business. So here we go. Um the chairman we've got to have a chairman have We every club needs a chairman so i thought we'd go for ed baubles um manager now i just sing this one don't i so mike walker in a winter wonderland <laughs> so uh we like a bit of mike walker don't we for the slightly older fans and then a little bit of an obvious one but the physio has to be tim shepherd doesn't he yeah
1: absolutely
3: then, now we've got a a christmas tree formation as you need in um <laughs> <in a> is <Christmas laughs> <didn't> that <laughs> So we'll start at the back, and the great goalkeeper as he was, Chris Muswoods. Now, I had a little bit of a problem with defence because most of the names that came to mind were actually more attacking players. So I've been a little bit um, selective in a back three here. I'm not quite sure we'd we'd stop the goals going in. It would be down to Woodsy to stop it. But So from the left, we've got, um, if you like your German... uh food at christmas we've got <laughs> jacob Stollenson. that's good i like that <laughs> uh, i to have a bit of a german twist didn't we? even though he's not german um now um the older fans will remember Allcock, so we've got I have sherry alcock uh, i'm nice. not quite sure he played centre-half very much but there we go and uh our, our makeshift right back is once in royal david phillips <laughs> uh if you like your christmas carols right at the bottom of the christmas uh tree formation the one and only holly skip
1: <laughs> very good
3: and uh, I, I know you like this one, Dave. You're very kind of your compliment earlier on. But on the left, we've got Phil wine.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> it, yeah. that's terrific. That's, that's the one that I really like. <laughs> Phil Muldwine. No, no, wine. Team,
3: no team can be without a ranchich So we've got um, Mary Ove Vrancic. <laughs> and over on the right-hand side, quite apt with a, one of the lads playing tomorrow, we've got Jacob or even Josh Murphy. Either uh, or. You know, <laughs> either or. Um, and then <laughs> at, the, at the top of the Christmas tree, we've got Good King Wes <laughs> if I can get, keep the teeth in. And then up top, we've got All I Want For Christmas is You" and Roberts. <laughs> and the, the fan's favourite himself is the one and only Elves Hammond. <laughs>
1: Elves Hammond. <laughs> Very good. So clarity.
3: not necessarily a team with a huge amount of balance, uh, not one that would be... Three points clear, heading for the best start ever by an Norwich City team. But um, hopefully a little bit of festive fun. And uh, there we are. I'm, sh- I'm sure the-, the viewers will chuck a few subs in as
1: the night goes on. He's here, He's here all year. Right. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us, chaps. Um, we've got rolling subs tonight, so we're going to keep things moving. But um, while we've got you both, Dave, if I just come back to you first, um, just how-, how impressed have you been with, with the season so far and, and-, and the job that Daniel Farker is doing?
2: I don't think I can have any complaints whatsoever, really. It's, you know, we've probably not even hit fifth gear and we're top of the league with 40 points after 19 games and we've kind of made... It's almost like we've got shades of the classic Alex Ferguson United team that just gets the job done every week. Not necessarily any frills and spills, although that would be nice to come, but 4-2 two win, 2-1 two, wins on the trot. It's just seems it's consistent, isn't it? And... Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, hold, managing to hold on to players not only hold on to players like every Wendier and Max Ahrens, but in certainly in Wendy's case, get his head back in the game. Aaron's has never seemed never changed, did he? Such mm-hmm. a pro, but getting so, players yeah. like Camwell, their heads properly back in the game and the team playing with confidence, playing with style and you know, I was looking at the stats the other day. I think it was something like no team has got a better passing ratio than ours, completed more passes than ours. And it's just across the board with the best at everything. So, yeah, no, I can't complain
1: at all at the minute. <laughs> Top man. Right. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Dave. I know you can't stick around for too long, but great effort with the jumper and the, and the hat as well. But, um, yeah, we'll catch you again soon. Yeah, take care.
2: Take care sure, thanks,
1: right right, we will Right. Um, we'll sub in Connor and Paddy, and we're going to look back on the Reading game. But we've got a couple of... Um, couple of comments first on your uh, Festive eleven, Clarkie. Stephen Note says, awesome job. And Harvey Monk's got a great suggestion. How about Fark the Herald Angels Sing? Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Very yeah, good.
3: We could, we could drop Walker in a winter wonderland and bring in Fark the Herald. I love it.
1: Both strong contenders, I'd <laughs> I'm say. I'm going make a um, note of that. If if you've got any more, then do keep the comments coming. The comments coming in, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We can we can sort of keep an eye on, on them all. But but, Pad and Connor, welcome um, to kick off with uh, Connor. If I come to you first, your sort of favourite
5: Norwich City memory at, at Christmas. Oh, good question. Um, see, I'm not quite old enough to remember the Huckabee stuff um (laughs) um, three uh, or four or something (laughs) yeah yeah i would have been sorry um uh, i'm struggling to think of one if i'm completely honest in terms of standout christmas obviously the huckabee one i'm I'm aware of and and know about but um in in terms of that all the boxing days i guess forest a couple of years ago was pretty good the free free um in terms of entertainment and the game of football so um yeah i'll go with that one i think actually uh that that forest free free was uh was very dramatic, um, and I remember having a, a stomach full of all sorts, and, and that not necessarily being the uh, the best game for that. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was that was a good one. So I'll, I'll go with that. I think.
1: Well, that's Christmas time for you, isn't it? Uh, right, Pad, you've been covering Norwich for what, for what ten years or so now, haven't you? So um, you've uh, you've seen some ups and downs at festive uh, Christmas time. What's the sort of best one that sticks out?
6: You put me on the spot, Dave. so I had to quickly jump onto soccer base. Uh, the analytics site that we all use. And uh, with my Coventry connections, I vaguely remembered the game in the snow at the Rico with Holty getting a brace 2-1. They won in December 2010. I've got it in front of me now. I think that game was seriously in doubt if I've got my, got my right year there. And um, it only just went ahead, I think. And then Norwich obviously turned into quite pertinent, uh, as we're talking about, championship promotion winning seasons. That was the season they went up off the back of the League One title. Um, and that was obviously a big win I've got the I mean Kov Halty opened the score in 64th minute Marlon King equalized for Kov um, and then Holt got the winner three minutes from time and I do I, I vaguely can see the pictures it might have been our esteemed photographer Paul Chester and um, got a real good close up I think Holt he's basically in the snow and he's almost getting hit with snowballs so uh, yeah obviously not a good one on a personal level as it meant a Kov defeat but uh, that was a that was a fairly memorable, festive occasion uh, in a season, uh, to repeat myself, uh, ended back in the Premier League. So who knows? Starting tomorrow, that's technically festive, isn't it? Hopefully, yeah. we get one, one, one or two more of those moments over the next three or four games going into 2021. And then we'll be looking back in years to come as do you remember the festive game at X, Y, and Z in 2020? Uh, which was so memorable because it was. On the championship title-winning season, so that, yeah, that that's probably the only one. I mean, oh, Connors right that Forest game would take some beating with on Els' hat trick, but uh, yeah, that was a memorable one, mainly because of the snow, I think.
1: Yeah, well, Spud uh, Spud's going to join us later. He says that was exactly ten years ago today. Uh, wow. And Craig- Craig Brown says, remember seeing Delia in the away end that day when Holt scored against Coventry at the Rico. But yeah, I guess that's that's memorable because it's your team. But the one I thought you were going to say, Pad, which still I I think counts as a, as a festive game, uh, it was December the 19th, but under Alex Neal, the winner at Old Trafford, the Teddy Toe Poke.
6: Was that then? Yeah, the trouble is, Dave, uh, declining age. Uh, and <laughs> they all merge into one. I couldn't have honestly told you that. that. Was Yeah, I mean, I remember the game. I think that was the first... Time they'd went at Old Trafford since late 60s, was it? I think.
1: Uh, not that quite that long. It was uh, 89. eighty-nine, wasn't it? Yeah.
6: Was it? Yeah, I thought it was years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um no, no, that no, that doesn't doesn't stick in my festive memory as much as Halty at the Rico, but uh yeah. yeah, that was a that was a memorable win, definitely for Norwich, that day. And um Yeah. But ten years was it at the Rico? I'm, I'm amazed at that. It doesn't feel <laughs> like ten years. There you go. I'll
1: tell you the one that I remember for all the wrong reasons, and I know you were there alongside me as well, Pad, was the nil-nil at Burton... Two days oh, after Boxing geez. Day, when Parker had to change the whole team because he just felt that they were they were knackered, and that that was one of the worst games football have ever seen. So that's that's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, but um, let's um, get into the football chat then, and let's look back on that win at Reading on Wednesday night because uh, a really good performance, a fourth successive two-one win, three points clear at the top of the table, and and putting a bit of distance between some of the teams just below them as well, ten points clear um, of Middlesbrough in seventh. Um, Clarke, I'll come to you for your sort of reaction to the game first, but a comment from David McKenzie on YouTube saying, evening all, am I the only one who thinks that this team this season are playing with German efficiency?
3: Mm. Well, I that's think that's point. a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. What and did you make of the game me, though? For me, it was the control. I mean, uh, you know, there have been some games that have been narrow and tight that we've perhaps had to hang on a little bit, but I just thought we looked we looked really on it, really in control. The The possession was great and and everyone to me seems comfortable on the ball um there, there isn't the panic and even at the back it's being played out and there's always there's always somebody showing for the ball so it's not people hiding and the ball has to go long um the midfield guys are coming in those on the wings and those up top are coming to get it so I think it's that it's that unity and it's that um that real cohesion that is is, is what impressed me and I think the big pitch suited us at, at Reading we could stretch the game a little bit and, and really use that but um it is really looking good. And I thought Wednesday night just really uh, just summed up and, uh, and just really microcosm of of how good things are for, for the Canaries at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Um, I did want to mention, actually, I hope everyone appreciates the effort I've gone to behind me. That is green and yellow tinsel or green and gold tinsel like the closest closest I could get to it and I, I've stolen um, a small Christmas tree from the hallway so the girlfriend's not going to be happy when she gets home from uh, from work but um, Paddy we were we we're at the Medeski. it was um, I think we both wrapped up warmer than we actually needed to didn't we <laughs> so it was um, yeah it ended up not being that cold but um, an, another night where it just sort of flew by seamlessly almost didn't it they just they just dealt with Reading so well
6: they did, yeah. Before I come to that, Dave didn't get the Christmas jumper memo. Apologies for that. Uh,
0: you got the better. I mean,
6: no, no. But I'm just going to say, my fest- This is my seven-month-old son's Christmas stocking. So, oh, if any if kind- you kind viewers want to uh, donate any prizes to that, that saves me going to uh, Poundland
3: on Christmas Eve. How many Coventry gifts are going to be in there then, Paddy? <laughs>
6: Yeah, there might be one or two, mate. Yeah, I'm just trying to get him to kick a ball at the minute. So, uh, yeah, I've already told Stuart Webber we can negotiate a transfer fee, but he said he'll be long gone by the time he gets to be uh, eligible for their academy. I think it's eight years' age is the earliest they take on. So, um, but, yeah, any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Anyway, I digress. Reading, yeah. Clarkey hit the nail on the head. For me, it was just as that second half developed um, and you're thinking, well, particularly when Norwich went ahead, Timu Puki's penalty, you know, it's going to be a batting down the hatches job. I know they were missing one or two strikers, uh, Mate and uh, Jao, I think. Um, so, that, But, you know, hey, yeah, deal with it, given Norwich's uh, injuries. But uh, you just still thought Norwich were going to be in for a bit of a, maybe of a Alamo job, and it, it just didn't materialise. Bar two or three corners in stoppage time, Michael McGovern's tipped over that free kick. I'm sure people have seen the highlights. Right, eh? Beyond mm. that, it was just total domination. And pretty much exclusively played in uh, in the in half. And just the game management, um, that's as good as I've seen them this season. And, and it really bodes well that, you know, with players coming back, we obviously had Cantwell and Dowell the other night. Uh, Hugel's in the mix now. Hopefully it won't be too long. Tim Krull and uh, up um, Mumba, Hernandez, Sam Barham, who we haven't seen at all. And you just think, well, I think Dave mm-hmm. Hannan said earlier that, you know, they've not hit their top gears. What can they do, given they've already banked that amount of points and the gap to third, the gap to seventh? What can they do if there's no complacency creeps in, which I wouldn't think there would be under Farker's watch? But they start to get these players back. Hopefully, they don't get too many more longer-term injuries. Certainly, no key players. I mean, heaven forbid, if Timu uh did anything that required, he was out for a, for a period of time. Um, you just think, given all of that and they still haven't hit top gear and they've still got so much more in the tank, they really could pull away now through this festive period if they can maintain their foot firmly to the floor. And uh, for me, that was the first 45 of the season where I thought, yeah, these players now now understand it. They now know what they have to do. And, and they were just so far better. Then let's not forget a Reading team who were leading the way early on. I think they had seven wins in eight. Then they had a dip, but they only lost one in the next six going into Wednesday night's game and they couldn't really lay a glove on Norwich in the second half and that's a team who have had a really good start to the season, so you, you try and, particularly in our line of work, not to get too carried away, but you just, you're just you looking at what they're doing you see the resource still to come back in and you just know they're going to get better and the only thing on the horizon I'm a bit concerned about, and we might get into this a bit later on is January and the window and the speculation and possible interest in Emmy Buendia, Max Arons, Todd Countwell, that is the only thing that concerns me slightly that if a bid came in, it was too good to turn down for w- for one of those, how that destabilises it. But, you know, that's for the future uh, in the here and now. They're doing everything they need to do and, and more, really. It's been phenomenal effort, really, given the hangover potentially from Premier League relegation, given the abbreviated nature of the pre-season and the relentless nature of the championship this season. Every three days, go again, go again. Yeah. So... You know, if you were, if you were grading them, I know we're not quite at halfway, but if you were grading them, to me, it's it's a it's probably an A at the minute because um, all things considered, they've done remarkably. I think.
1: Yeah. To shake off the Premier League hangover in such style. Uh, right. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get into sort of Chris Kamara mode again here. We've got another goal update and the under 18s are two nil up against Wolves at St. George's Park. Abu Kamara with the second goal in the 22nd minute. Tony Springett, who scored the opening goal, oh, has Lord. crossed um, for that. So two nil up and looking good in the Youth Cup third round. Unbelievable, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you uh, for your thoughts on the Reading game. And let's kick off with Emmy Buendia. I mean, in real time, it was it was such a big error for Andy Rinomota. and I said in my video verdict after that I thought that was almost a bit of Norwich City karma for that brilliant equaliser he scored at what was it, April twenty nineteen. That that two two draw when Zimmerman and Godfrey had scored those two late goals and Carrow Road was going absolutely bonkers because that felt like it was promotion, and then it went from that to feeling like a funeral, didn't it? Because he scored that goal and just literally burst the balloon. But the finish on watching it back on the replay is it, really really tidy isn't it and and we've seen that a few times this year that he's obviously been working hard on his left foot.
5: Yeah and he's, he's been working hard as well to make sure that he's in goal scoring positions to make sure he's beyond the ball as well we saw that against Bristol City and I think if there was one major criticism that you'd sort of level at him after last season it wasn't sort of any of his chance creation it was scoring goals and it was his output in that regard I kind of said in the summer, if you could, if you put Todd Campwell's goals on Emi Buendia, then you've got a, a, a £30 million player potentially. Um, he, he didn't quite have that return and, and now he seems to be adding that. And that, in a way, is obviously positive for Norwich City, but it's also probably a negative because I think ultimately it, w- it will get him a, a bigger and better move. Um, but yeah, that, that goal, and, and I know you can sort of speak about the mistake and it was a very sort of glaring error, Um in those sort of first twenty minutes, in in, in that sort of first spell where Norwich were really good, it was because of how. Buendia, Steepham and Martin to an extent were were all pressing off the ball and um, just how relentless they were and and that kind of got me thinking today when Daniel in in his press conference spoke about um, the demands that they're putting on the players And I think considering the schedule and considering the intensity Mm -hmm. at the moment to be able to go and press with that intensity um, they didn't do it for the whole game but certainly for a short period to come out of the the blocks pretty quickly was really impressive and um, yeah he, he 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 deserves that I think because he he has slowly but surely I think he's he's getting into into full gear and I don't even think he's in top gear and He's still quite comfortably, by a way, in my opinion, the best player in this division. Um, so it's, it's quite scary, I think, the levels he could get to. But yeah, you're, you're right, that uh, and Pad's right. The, the January window, I think, around the corner, you would hope it's a little bit better now in terms of the speculation. And obviously, it seems that he's got his head in the right place and the carrot and, of the Premier League is kind of on the horizon. You can see it a little bit now. So hopefully that sort of stops those feet from, from getting particularly itchy. But Norwich really do need to keep hold of him, I think, because... There's no doubt about it. They're a much better side when when he's in it. And um, his his creativity is, as we saw when he was injured and even at the start of the season, it's, it's, it's not the same Norwich City about Emi Buendir. And um, yeah, they're, they're reaping the rewards, I think, from a little tweak that Daniel Farkas put on him in terms of asking him to get beyond the ball and maybe being a bit more productive in front of goals. So it's all really good signs, I think, for Emi Buendir and for Norwich.
1: Yeah, I mean, transfer market have got Emmy as five goals and six assists so far this season, for fifteen games. Now they they include assists for winning penalties because he won the penalty at Rotherham that Jordan Hugo put away in injury time. I, I don't really think that's that's an assist personally, but um, you know uh, the the shot at Blackburn which Pookie managed to turn in is probably not a proper assist either. So maybe it balances it out. Maybe I'm just being picky. But you know, if he carries on at that rate, it, his figures are going to be sort of rivaling what madison did for norwich in in parker's first season aren't they so he's going along really well but clarky let's talk timu puki i mean he's in such good nick at the moment isn't he he just he just looks happy it's enjoyable to watch him play and uh, okay yeah it was only sort of a fairly straightforward penalty that you know he did the keeper with the eyes almost with it on wednesday night at reading but he came so close to those two two chances in the first half as well didn't he
3: they, they were amazing weren't they and, and the, the the way that he sort of adapted himself and moved himself to get those shots in you know they were great efforts both of them weren't they you know such a all-round player you know he's quick he thinks well and obviously he thrives on a confident team and when the team's do i think when the team's doing well poogie's doing better and maybe when they were struggling he was struggling a little bit but um he he, he does look back back to his absolute best I had no doubt. The penalty was going to go in, um, particularly as I saw it on Twitter before I saw it on iFollow, and I knew they'd score before we actually. Before, one of the slight drawbacks of being slightly behind on iFollow, but um, no, it's it's great it's great to see him smiling, and um, I think we've got a lot a lot more goals um, to come from him this season. And uh, I mean, one of the things, just generally, is I'm not sure about this, but I can't think that we've had the same team for two consecutive games for the whole season with all the injuries and all the and changes so the fact they look so settled and so comfortable with each other when we've had injuries or international breaks and so many um, changes and yet they're all, they, they seem to know where each other are That they're supporting each other and, and they're, they're anticipating where the ball's going to go and I think that is certainly something that, that, um, that Pukic exemplifies because he's, he's reading passes and he's making those great moves so it's brilliant to see and let's hope he can um, bag some more tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it's great to watch. His, his his movement is just so good, particularly at this level. He's 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 too good for some defenders. It's, it's really enjoyable great. to watch him. Right, goal alert. This is working quite well, isn't it? Uh, unfortunately, this isn't Norwich, oh. though. Wolves have pulled a goal back at St George's Park. So it's 2-1 to Norwich now. 33rd minute, uh, a player called Marquis has apparently smacked a free kick into the right of the goal, according to uh, the club's academy updates. So so that
3: that's, what, that's what Norwich do. You can't have 2-0 or 1-0. It's got to be oh, 2-1. No.
1: You can't do it in in a boring way, can you? I mean, I, I've seen some cracking youth cup games over the years. I think when they got into the quarterfinals with um, the team that had um, Campwell and Lewis and Godfrey and Aston Oxborough, uh, they eventually lost to Man City that year. Um, there was a five four against Middlesbrough when Louis Ramsey scored a banger and Todd Campbell basically turned the game. And yeah, youth cup games can really can be really good because it really means something to those guys. Just look at Josh Martin, you know, barely a year ago, scoring a hat-trick, a brilliant hat-trick against Newcastle in the third round of the Youth Cup. And then a couple of months later, he's on the bench in the in the FA Cup at Burnley. And and now look at me. you know, he's properly in the first team mix, scored his first goal and, and getting experience. So it, it, it's weird, you know, as much as under-18 league games tend to be overlooked a bit, the Youth Cup means a lot to those lads. Um, a few more comments coming in. Stephen Noakes, I think Emmy Buendia will possibly go don't you think Kieran Dowell is something special too? Right. Uh, Pad, you sort of, you mentioned that a little bit. I mean, um, I think it, the only way Emmy goes in January for him and for the club is if a really serious offer comes in, isn't it? But but Kieran Dowell, I, I think we saw some good stuff from him in that second half, didn't we? But Daniel made the point of the presser today just to sort of give him a bit of space, didn't he?
6: Yeah, essentially, um, i put it to him, is he ready to start a game now? Um, and he more or less said no. He said he was absolutely spent the other night. He played 45, albeit Teta came on for him, having he just come on at half-time, deep in stoppage time. But I think the original plan was 20, 25 minutes, but clearly he felt it was the type of game. And as it turned out, it was the right call because I thought he was good with Campbell. They were excellent. Um but probably too much to ask it to start at the minute. And Daniel said more or less that'll have to be the policy probably until you get early into the new year. And you can understand it because a, there's a guy who hasn't played any football for three months. Why rush him back? And then he breaks down again or something else goes and then he's out for another concerted spell. And B probably more factored into Daniel's thinking is they're actually winning games without him or they have been anyway. And, uh, You've got Wendy, you've got Cantwell now into the mix. You can play in that role. Mario Vrancic can do a job there as well. And Marcus Thiepermann, who you can debate, you know, whether he's, he's producing the consistency he needs, um, but still is an option in that area to pitch. So I think those two factors uh, will see a bit more kid gloves with Dal. but there's no doubt, you know, go back to the summer. For me, he was the one that really set a lot of Norwich fans' hearts racing because he was... You know, coming out of Everton, he hadn't quite made it there, but clearly he'd come through a Premier League side and a good Premier League side. He was part of that England under twenties setup that won the World Cup alongside Calvert Lewin and uh, Rio Brewster. You know, so real high pedigree um, with his best years ahead of him, and in an area of the pitch where they sadly were found wanting in the Premier League at number ten attacking role, um, and unfortunately got the injury very early on, as curtailed his influence. But you just think. Daniel will still be thinking he he could be he could be somebody to hang your hat on if we get into sort of february march april when it really gets to the business end um and and in a lot of games where you know you can see we've already seen enough to know that he's a very skilled technically gifted uh, attacking midfielder and um yeah i think uh, it, for me it feels almost like we're talking a lot about January in the window that given how long he's been out will feel a little bit like a new signing because they've essentially not had him for the first 19 games of the season or so
1: Callum on YouTube, uh, I think he's talking about Emmy here, says, I think we'll keep him in January, but he'll go in the summer. Right, we've talked about the, sort of the um, the obvious um, headline makers at the moment, but Connor, if I can come to you on the central midfield mix, because um, as we'll come on to later when we look ahead to the Cardiff game, Lucas Rupp is, is getting back into the mix. But I actually think Kenny McLean um, w- was really good at Reading and, and made a, a pretty big difference when he came on at Blackburn as well. You've been impressed with him?
5: Yeah, yeah, I have. I think he's he's solid, isn't he? He's solid. Um, he's got experience. He's his vocal position. He's he's pretty good, and he's um, he's pretty good in terms of supporting the defensive actions and uh, and also the attack as well. So he's he's a bit of an all rounder. I don't think he's necessarily as defined as maybe a Mario Vranic or an Alex Tetti. I think he sits somewhere between the two, but that doesn't mean that he's he's any less important. Um, I, I think it's kind of particularly less so at the moment because of the injuries but when they're all available it's kind of horses for courses isn't it? And you can kind of pick a, a two that suits the um, that suits the game. I mean, you look, look at Blackburn that was a, a game I think that required Alex Tetty and Ollie Skip. Um, there have been games at home recently where it's been Skip and, and Vrancic and you need someone who's a bit more um, sort of intelligent with the ball in deeper positions. So that is a luxury that Daniel Farkas has. I think it shows the depth that Norwich have as well. The fact that they're able to call upon a Scottish international, um, a Norwegian international, etc., a, a midfielder who's played in the Bundesliga um, and, and, and a young Spurs loanee. So there's, there's a, a, a real lot of quality options in there at the moment. And it, it just gives them a bit of variety. And I think McLean gives them that as well. I thought actually he was he wasn't he wasn't he was sort of challenging the player of the season or anything, but I, I felt he was one of the few that maybe came out of the Premier League season with a bit of credit and certainly hence the the Daniel Farker irreplaceable sort of quotes. He was um he was quite important in terms of how he solidified that midfield alongside Alex Tetty last season. And um I think what what we're maybe gonna see is as Alex Tetty Gets older and 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 leaves Norwich City is maybe not a a natural out out replacement for him, but maybe his roles getting absorbed by two players a bit more and 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 that becoming almost like a shared duty. And if so, then I can see a situation where Kenny McLean plays a, a a really pivotal role in that. I don't necessarily think he'll get the football that maybe he feels he wants, which again might be a problem a bit further down the line simply because of Norwich's options and and the quality of options as well, but. Look at this level. He's he's a he's a quality operator and and, and someone Norwich City can rely on. Good lad in the dressing room. Um, he's got a good sense of humour on him as well, which I think is is important for the dressing room. And um, uh, and yeah, a really good option for Daniel Farkatav. And, and and as you said there, there's absolutely no doubt that in the games that he's he's featured in in the last couple, he's he's certainly made an impact.
1: Yeah, good sense of humour on him, particularly when he's got a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 in his hand. <laughs> Cheers, the mayor. Yeah. Let's have a little toast to the mayor. However, shall we? The mayor. <laughs> but um I think with him and Skip, they, they were certainly for an away, a tough away game, two of them that we've seen in the last week. If you're going to have, say, an attacking midfield, three of eventually, maybe Buendia, Dowell and Campwell, which could be pretty terrifying behind Pukki for most championship teams, if they're fit and firing, that could be really good. Those two... Um, I suppose you could say Teddy um, um, at some points, but I think it, McLean and Skip would give you a pretty solid base to build from there. At home, you know, if Rook can get back to the form that he was showing before he was injured, then then him and Skip had a really nice balance. And clearly, Mario can be so creative. So as long as those options stay fit, then then they've certainly got some some good options. But Clarky, we're going to have to let you go in a, in a couple of minutes, aren't we? Because you have got some work to crack on with. But, but just try it, yeah. Just finally, sort of defensively. Um, Zimbo, what what have you made of of his sort of uh, appearances in, in recent games? Um Gibson and Hanley were doing so well, weren't they? And looked to have a good balance. But um, there was a nice moment at full time on, at Reading on, on Wednesday when Zimmerman sort of roared when the final whistle went and, and chest bumped with Han- with Hanley and, and looked really pleased. Do you think he's playing well enough to be thinking about keeping Gibson out of the team yet, or has he still got to find a, a sort of another gear?
3: um john john rogers is doing his best to make me love zimbo more than i actually do uh, <laughs>
1: it's not possible we, we all we all love
3: zimbo um if they're all fit it's hanley and gibson for me and and if gibson would be my first one on the sheet of those three um but you know we are we, we've talked about all the you know the different areas where we've got so much depth and to have to have three really decent um you know center halves like those like those three is something we should be really grateful for. Um, Zimmerman to me never let you down that he's it's sometimes just one or two things a bit lacking in him I I can't always quite put my finger on what it is but um but I just think Gibson and Hanley to me have got the best partnership and I think partnerships you know going back over the years whether it be Stringer and Forbes whether it be um Malky and Flem, I think if you've got two players that really know each other and really work together I think that's key and to me Hanley and Gibson are those two but um Zim- Zimbo while he's in there we know what he's going to do he's not going to let us down and the strength and maybe tomorrow um, against Cardiff we know what Cardiff are going to do they are, they are going to bombard it particularly with um, McGovern and I think they'll really target that so you know what Zimbo can offer in the, in the air I think will be crucial and um, he's top man and we're lucky to have him
1: Top so, man Clarke, thank you very much for joining us tonight. The the, the Festival Eleven was brilliant. Phil Mold Wine, definitely, gets, day, definitely yeah. gets my vote. That was really good. But um yeah, great to see you, mate. And uh, enjoy thank the game tomorrow. Are you one of the people lucky enough to have a ticket? Oh no, he's gone. He's gone. Never mind. I'll move on. I'll move on. And um, a couple more comments. Call, uh, Callum on YouTube. Um, also, can't forget McLean's salmon jump v Man City too. Right, that was a that was a great goal, wasn't it? The near post to open and scoring that day. Uh, and Pat, I'll come back to you of this one. Back in on the midfield mix, Joachim Broberg makes the point about Jacob Sorensen. When Quintia, Quintia is fit, Sorensen and Skip could make a really good partnership. But it Shows that Daniel has got some decent options in that central area, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, not half. Yeah, and we won't won't even mention it. Even though I'm about to mention him, a certain uh, German midfielder who's completely persona non grata. Uh, well, two <laughs> if you include him, Tom Dribbles, uh, an embarrassment of riches, you probably could say that certainly at championship level, but ultimately what all this is designed to do is, yes, try and come back at the first attempt but then get into the Premier League again and be far more competitive and ideally manage to stay up and build from there and that's where you have to filter now when you're looking at these players. Yes, it's in the here and now is can they uh, be effective enough either individually or collectively, as Clark, he was talking about the centre-backs just then, um, to pick up enough points in the championship to get to where they need to go, but ultimately, I'm more looking at the longer term and assuming that they do maintain this trajectory, then it's next season in the Premier League. And, you know, we won't know because lads like Sorensen haven't been tested at that level, but certainly he was one they brought in with a view to the future, certainly not as a left back, but even in this stint at left back, I think we've seen the type of character he is and the type of quality he has got. That you know, there's a lot of good things to admire in, in the guy as a footballer, but obviously we need to then see him in his position that he was recruited for. And, uh, there's no doubt Daniel's very impressed with him um, and, and he probably will get an opportunity in central midfield. And of course, if we're throwing it further forward, then, you know, Ollie Skip isn't going to be in the equation because he will go back to Tottenham and uh, he will hope to make a career there. So, you know, with one eye on the longer term future, um, maybe Sorensen is the one who's going to emerge as, uh, you know, as we've just talked about, Alex Tetty's given 10 years of service. Could Sorensen be the next sort of long-serving central midfielder? Who knows?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Sorenson um, can do in the middle. Uh, Callum again on YouTube says i spotted Mo Lightner mugs on offer in the club shop today. Two pound fifty for a stocking filler. Well, you know I, I've heard plenty uh, of people say that he's a he's a good looking chap, so maybe they wouldn't mind that little uh, that little stocking filler. But um, back, we've got another goal alert. It's 3-1 to the under-18s. They've taken a a two-goal advantage again, and it's a repeat of the second goal pretty much by the sounds of it. Tony Springett crossing for Abu Kamara, 44th minute just before half-time. So the Norwich under-18s winning 3-1 at St. George's Park. Um, and I've just noticed that Wolves have got a live stream going as well on their YouTube channel. So uh, the final whistle, uh, no, sorry, the half time whistle just about to go. Sam Blair in goal for Norwich, He's the captain tonight as well. I'm um, just about to take a kick. So, um, right, I think um, that'll do for our review of the Reading game. And we will move in to our very own half time, which I know Paddy and Connor cannot wait for. Um, but you can all join in at home as well. It's our half time quiz. And we've got two City fans who uh, who guessed correctly, as, as we talked about at the top of the uh, show, that it was Brian Gunn dressed as Father Christmas in 1987. So that is Luke Yotta and Darren Wilson. They are playing for a starter pack of this year's edition of the Norwich City Sticker Book and 50 packs of stickers. You can buy that yourself as well if you want at pinkandshop.co.uk. Okay, And don't forget that every day in the EDP and evening news, there is a voucher. And on Saturdays, I'm pretty sure there's two as well. And I got a little bit of information before we recorded today as well, that so far over 60,000 of those vouchers have been redeemed in uh, retailers in Norfolk and and North Suffolk uh, so far since we launched. uh, What was it? uh, A couple of months ago now. Best part of a couple of months. Uh, So a good little stocking filler there. Um, Right. Connor's got the honors because he won the halftime quiz in the first pink and live. So, um, let's say that Luke is heads and Darren is tails. Just about caught it. Connor, what are you going for? Heads. Heads. I didn't need to flip the coin, did I?
5: No,
0: I didn't
1: really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I flipped it for fun. Right. You, you've got Luke then. You are, um, (laughs) you're going for Luke. Um, that didn't work at all. I haven't thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll say, Connor, you are um, answering the questions on behalf of Luke. If you win, he gets the, the starter pack. And Connor, you, uh, Paddy, sorry, you are answering for Darren. So by all uh, means. Darren, Darren,
6: commiserations, mate. We know this is going to win. Darren, you, you've got a revenge. Bad luck, Darren.
1: The defeat. Nah. Yeah.
6: Nah, good- he, this man here will have been swatting up since 9 a.m. this morning. <laughs> on every topic you can think of related to norwich city guaranteed
1: he, he did offer me a bribe for uh, for the <laughs> <answers>. <laughs> uh, right here we go then uh question number one they're not they, i'll ease you in a little bit pad i think you'll be able to get the I, I think you'll be able to do pretty well on most of these to be perfectly honest right question one who was the first player to score a championship goal against norwich this season
6: just realised I haven't got a pen and paper such an amateur so this isn't <laughs> me going on my phone in case anybody this is using the uh, the notes section on my phone so I can type the answers in come on Pad a good reporter always has a notepad
1: and pen to hand I know,
6: uh, I know
1: what was the question again Dave who was the first player to score a championship goal against Norwich City this season um, so that's a championship goal so not, not including the uh, Luton League Cup game Right. On to number two, looking ahead to that Cardiff game at Carrow Road tomorrow. Josh Murphy made 107 appearances for Norwich, but how many goals did he score? And I'll give the point to whoever's closest. How many appearances, mate? Josh Murphy made 107 appearances for Norwich, but how many goals did he score? And I'll give between you two and your little battle, I'll give a point to whoever is closest. I'm still trying to recover from the heads and tails incident. (laughs) I've written that down in my script and not thought it through at all. Uh, Right. We'll move on to number three. This is a toughie, but you were there, Pad, I'm pretty sure. So you have to drain uh, on the memory banks. Number three, the last time Norwich played Cardiff was in the League Cup in August 2018. Which was a three-one win with Max Aaron scoring his first goal for the club.
6: That's the only bit of that game I remember. Now you've stolen my fun. You were going to say which exciting young player
1: scored? I'm afraid Max no, that's, that's that's too easy. Three players in the starting lineup that night are no longer with the club. Can you name those three players? And I'll help you out a little bit. I've not included Tom Tribal because I know he's out on loan at Blackburn, but he is still an Norwich City player. So three players in the starting lineup at Cardiff that night who are no longer with the club. Can you name those three? Right, that was a little bit of a mouthful, so I'll read it out in full again. The last time Norwich played Cardiff was in the League Cup in August 2018, which was a 3-1 win with Max Aaron scoring his first goal for the club. Three players in the starting lineup that night are no longer with the club. Can you name those three, not including Tom Tribal? And again, with you two, with your personal battle, uh, a point goes to whoever gets the most of those three. Uh, Let me just check on the under-18s. Yeah, that's half time now. It's in George's Park. So the under-18s leading Wolves 3-1 in the third round of the FA Youth Cup. So fingers crossed that will continue to go well in the second half. And even more, fingers crossed, they get a home tie in the fourth round. Right. Question number four. 11 different players have scored for city in the championship so far this season. Can you name them all a point for whoever gets the most 11 different players have scored for city in the championship so far this season. Can you name them all? And again, I'll give a point to whoever can get the most of those 11 players. I mean, I think you're probably going to get two or three of them pretty easily. Um, but 11 players so far. Um, it would have been 12 if you included Kieran Dowell at Luton, but I haven't, just sticking, sticking to the league. And finally, a little bit of a toughie to finish with. Uh, question five, keeping it on sort of theme for the moment, Michael McGovern, this one is on. Michael McGovern played for four clubs in Scotland prior to joining Norwich in 2016. Can you name those four? Now, I will add, that's not including Celtic or Dundee United as he was with them, but he didn't play any games for either of them. So, Michael McGovern played for four clubs in Scotland prior to joining Norwich. Can you name those four clubs? And Celtic and Dundee United are not among those four. He was on the books of Celtic, but never played. And he he went to Dundee United as well, but didn't play for them. And again, with you boys, I'll give a point to whoever gets the most of those four. I've got a tie break if we need it. Uh, we what do you reckon, Pat? We won't, we won't, mate. We won't, mate. <laughs> right. You think things are looking good for Luke then? Yeah, I'd put my money on Luke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, let's. Um, are you both ready for me to start working my way through the answers? Yeah, go for it, mate. Okay. So, number one, who was the first player to score a championship goal against Norwich this season? Pad? who would you go for? Scott Sinclair. That's the one. 2-2. Yeah. Two, two, uh, Preston. Connor?
5: Yeah, I won Scott Sinclair
6: as well. No, oh, did he, no, did he, did he. I'm not disputing I want to say Yeah, it's it's on yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'll trust him. <sighs> Number two was Josh Murphy made 107 appearances for Norwich, but how many goals did he score? Connor, what did you go for?
5: 28.
1: 28. Oh, he's gone quite high. Pad? 21. 21. The point goes to Pad. Murphy scored 20. So, oh, it's
5: pretty bang on, to be fair.
1: That's that's, that's good faith in, in Josh, Connor. He'll, he'll be pleased with that. So Pad takes the lead, 2-1 at this well, early time. stage of the competition. Right, number three. The last time Norwich played Cardiff in the League Cup, August 2018. Three players in the starting line that night are no longer with the club. Can you name those three? Pad, can you name those three?
6: Uh, Dennis, the icon,
1: Shrebeni. Yep, scored two goals.
6: Then I'm guessing, but I'm going to say
5: husband and Marsha.
1: No, you've got one of the three. Connor, what were your three?
5: Well, I put Shrebeni closer and Felix Paslak.
1: He's got it. He's got the point. Felix Paslak gets him over the line. Ben Godfrey was the other one. Uh, So
6: Closer didn't play. I thought Closer might have been the one, yeah. But he's technically with the club, isn't he? Closer, so
1: uh, I don't. I don't think he played anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, he is technically still with the club, so yeah. Um, so Connor gets the point. Thanks to Felix Paslak, who's been back in the Dortmund team this year, has not he? He's been playing playing a bit of football. So two two after three questions, a little bit tighter than, than Pad was expecting. Number four, 11 different players have scored for City in the Championship so far this season. Can you name them all? A point for whoever gets the most. Right, Connor, kickers off. How many of the 11, of the eleven have you got?
5: I've got nine, I think.
1: Nine, right. Rattle right, them off.
5: Timmy Puki. Yeah. Uh, Placetta. Yeah. Adam Eder. Yeah. Marco Steperman. Yeah. Max Ahrens. Yeah. Josh Martin. Yeah. Jordan Hugill.
1: Yeah.
5: Emmy Buendia. Mm-hmm. Jakob Sorensen. And then I sort of ran out of time.
1: That's the one. So I think the two that you haven't named there are Vranchich and Martin.
5: Uh, i got Josh Martin. Yeah, i got Josh Martin. Vranchich, I didn't get. to get... scored. scored, hasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. said,
1: right. Oh, sorry. It's Vranchich and McLean. McLean's the other one that. Yeah, McLean
6: at uh, Brentford. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about
1: got that one first. The deflected one at Brentford. Pad, how many did you get? Did you bet a nine?
6: No, I had nine, mate.
1: You had nine as well.
2: <laughs> uh, what are the chances um... of that?
5: We've got a tie.
2: Hey, hey, see ya, mate.
5: See ya. Can you see he He's got on there, go, into... you,
6: I'll read them out. Hugel, <laughs> Karens, Pookie, Emmy, Steepy, Josh, Poeta, Vrancic, and Kenny McLean.
1: Okay, right. Well, that sends us into the final question nicely then. Poised at 3-3. Three, three. who Whoever gets closest to Michael McGovern's clubs in Scotland has got this one. Or if you draw, it, we're going to a tiebreaker. Right, Michael McGovern played for four clubs in Scotland prior to joining Norwich in 2016. Can you name those four, Paddy? I will come to you first. Hamilton. Yeah. Falkirk. Yeah.
6: we're in guest territory. Saint
1: Mirren. No. I'll let you have one Al- more guess. Alloa. Alloa. No. Right. So you got Falkirk and Hamilton. Did you do any better than that, Connor?
5: Well, I think I've got three. Uh, so I've got Hamilton and Falkirk, which Paddy said, and then Ross County stuck out as well. He's got it.
1: An injury time winner from Connor, Ross County, St Johnston were the other club, although I think he only played one game from when he was young. So uh, St Johnston, Ross County, Falkirk, and Hamilton. Are the four clubs that Michael McGovern played? So well done, Connor. Well, um, done.
6: well done, Connor. Well done. I'm just happy not to have embarrassed myself, to be brutally honest. <laughs> well done,
1: Connor.
6: And Stephen,
1: thanks, people. Perth. Sorry, Darren. Sorry, pal. Stephen notes I'm biting my nails. So <laughs> he enjoyed the drama. I'll tell you what, as I've got it done, shall we do the tiebreaker just to see who would have sure won? Uh, right. Sure uh, this, this is a tough one, is obviously who can get closest. Daniel Farker has taken charge of 166 games at Norwich. How many of those have been wins? So take your best guess and we'll see who came closest. 166 games. How many of those have been wins? Right. Connor, I'll come to you first as the winner. 89. Big, big. That would be a high win percentage. Pad? I was gonna say low eighties eighty three. Eighty three. Well pad gets it, but you've both been quite optimistic. Uh, sixty seven wins of hundred and sixty six games. Um I, I guess the Premier League may have ever so slightly dragged the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dragged the win rate down. But um good work, Connor. He retains his title, wins that by four points to three. Uh, made bad my pad. For that. <laughs> Which means that Luke Jotter, who we'll, we'll get in touch with in case he's not watching tonight, uh, he tweeted as, a uh, guess correctly, that it was Brian Gunn, who was the mystery Norwich City player just as Father Christmas. And now he's going to be getting himself a sticker book and 50 sticker packs. Uh, I can't promise that we'll get that to you in in time for Christmas. I'm afraid as it's the 18th of December and a Friday, but um, we'll try to get it to you as soon as we can. So congratulations to Luke and uh, Connor doesn't drink, but um, (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure you can send him something nice. in the Soft, uh,
5: soft for me, but uh, there you go. Congratulations, Luke. And uh, I hope he's the brother of Diego, Diego who's done well for Liverpool this season. That'd be uh, a, that'd be a story. He could probably afford his own sticker packs if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's
1: get back underway. Uh, I don't think the under 18s have restarted yet at St. George's Park. No, but we are going to have a look back at our predictions. For, so, from the first Pink and Live, which is on the eve of the new season, before we went up to Huddersfield for that opening game, uh, when Adam Eder, of course, scored the the late winner to get the season off to a nice start and the first win since whatever it was February and things like that so let's have a look back and pad uh, your prediction was second and for Kieran Dowell to be player of the season now I also went for Dowell for player of the season Um, I was a little bit more pessimistic and went for fourth but um, given the injury sort of taking Dowell away from you you're pretty happy with that as a prediction
6: yeah, well, one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think the yeah Dal's probably out of the running now, unless he has an unbelievable second after season. But uh, yeah, seconds. I'm liking that. Given how tight it is at the top, you know, neck and neck. You could say we're reading. Uh, sorry, we're reading with Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably stick to that. Um, obviously, looking pretty rosy in top spot at the minute. But you just feel it is so tight, and there is so many games left. That uh, and heaven forbid, I keep talking it up. But an injury to a key player. It might just be the difference, but yeah, top two all day long. So yeah, I'm quite happy with that prediction as it stands.
1: Happy job. Right. Well, Clarkie went with Kieran Dowell as well. So all three of us sort of scuppered by injury and Clarkie also said second place. So he was going well. We also had Chris Lake and Mark Armstrong with us that night. Chris went for fifth and Jordan Hugel to be player of the season. So that... Probably not looking likely unless he has a heck of a second half of the season. Uh, Mark Armstrong, our deputy sports editor, he also went for second place and uh, Timu Puki to be player of the season, so that's not a, not a bad shout. But I, I think Connor, you've uh, you've won this one as well. I mean, we we don't know the exact results yet, but you went for first and Oliver Skip to be player of the season. I, I'd say you're, you're on for both of those
5: as things stand. Well, this is superior football knowledge, you yourself. Got the, <laughs> the crystal ball out, looked and. and uh, Uh, up popped Ollie Skip and I just thought, there you go. He's going to be a decent loan signing. Um, I I actually like Mark. So I think Mark is, is probably, um, on, on for quite decent as well. Second in team up. So that's looking pretty rosy as well. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I think, I think at the moment Ollie Skip's probably in the top three a player this season. So um, that's probably better than I hoped. I remember thinking first at the time was sort of wildly optimistic. So um, I'm glad for Norwich City's sake that that's, that's a lot closer to, to my prediction than, than maybe Chris Lakey's, for example. So I will, I'll, I'll take that and, and let's hope that's the case come May.
1: Right. Um, Phil Afferton asks Connor on YouTube, has Connor got any anti-fog for his glasses yet?
5: <laughs> uh, not, not yet. I'm looking into it. I've heard if you put fairy liquid on them, that's that works, but I'm quite scared to try that. These are actually, uh, they've got like, a, I don't know if you've like blue screen or something. I'm not an optician, so I don't know, but um, that's, they, they block light out. I've also got a, a different pair, which I might try with a mask to see if that um, to see if they work, they're a bit rounder, they're a bit more Harry Potter at the bottom. So uh, we'll give those a go and see if they fog up. But no, no anti fog yet. But if anyone can recommend some decent glasses that don't fog up, then uh, I'm certainly in the market for them
1: roll on the days when we don't have to wear masks anymore <laughs> at football, but yeah, that might still be a few months away, even if we do get full crowds back. And um, uh, a question from Mike Brooks from YouTube, which I'll just throw out to everyone. Um, they they may well remember this. Does anyone remember the goal? Ron Davies scored against Leeds in the old division two in the early 1960s. It was unbelievable. Um he, he didn't add Jeff at the end, but I'm going to add Jeff at the end because you have to. And um Uh, that's well before my time i'm afraid mike um but there might be someone watching that can remember that and and can tell us uh, a little bit more but right connor we're going to dip you out for the minute and and continue the rolling subs and bring in terry westgate and spud thornhill who i can see are both waiting patiently in the background terry spud how are you doing thanks very much for joining us
7: i'm good thank you how you doing
1: we're, we're having a having a bit of fun oh hang on i just saw a notification on my phone is that another goal Ooh. for the um, for the under 18s mm, no they're just pictures no. to me. Oh, disappointing right well terry as we've got you first um your favorite oh well firstly what are you drinking is that guinness that it's
7: it's a, it's a local brewery called budica it's a stout excellent Very
1: nice. good form good form and um, your your favorite norwich city festive memory
7: Oh, well, it's difficult not to say the Hucks one. It? Because I think anybody who was there, the buzz around the stadium and everything was just amazing that day, and it will live long in the memory. So it's got to be up there with Hucks. Or, as you said, being a, I was at Portman Road as well when we went top of the league. Yeah, um, that was good that. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> most of my memories about away games around Christmas are tend to be defeats, though. They don't tend to be particularly happy memories. I remember going all the way to Manchester City on Boxing Day, which was a long, long old poke on the day after Christmas, and I think we lost. Spud'll know, spud the score and everything. Um Man City, Man City, it's either eighty nine or ninety one. It'll be ninety one. It'll be ninety one. Yeah. yeah. And I remember one. also, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, See, I told you. You'd know. <laughs> and the, um, I'm sure it was a Saturday before Christmas. We played Portsmouth away in an uh, open terrace and it literally rained the whole time we were there and nice. i remember oh, just being like inside. completely soaked
1: right well um f- uh, just while it's while it's fresh as well have you completed your sticker book yet
7: no i've got like about 28 stickers to go i'm nearly there i've um i arranging to meet some people at the game tomorrow to do some swaps
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, make, make sure you wash your hands and stuff.
7: Oh, yeah. I'm a I'm going to have my mask on all the time. I know all the rules. I'm going to be socially distanced. We're throwing stickers at each other. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> that was the one little warning we had to put in the sticker book this year because it's sort of the whole pandemic stuff evolved as it all, as we started planning it all and, and things like that. But, um, yeah. And I think once you get down to your final 10, it does explain in the book, doesn't it, that you can, uh, there's a, an email and a, and a number you can ring and Archam will help you out with your final 10. So, um, Spud, what about you? Have you and a little miss Spud finished your book yet?
8: Oh, we're down to the final 14 now. Ooh, getting
1: close. So, uh, yeah. So we're getting there. So yeah,
8: that's been brilliant. It's been good fun. And, uh, she has been enjoying it, but I think she's just been enjoying it and ripping the packets open, fast. it really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, let's tap into your uh, Norwich City memory banks then, which are exhaustive. Uh, <laughs> which uh, which one really, really stands out for you? Uh, you know, as as we said, Hux is is such a big one, but some some your favourite Norwich memories.
8: Oh well, yeah, I think my my favourite mm-hmm. always would be the same as everyone else's, but i stick some um odd ones. Um, I can remember 86, Christmas 86, we beat Nottingham Forest um, 2-1 on Boxing Day and uh, during the game uh, Brian Clough got upset with the old locals because when we scored our two goals and they um, hit on the top of the old uh, dugout so he then got in and with the fans behind her um, in the city stand and the police had to get involved and I can still (laughs) remember that as clear as anything I was only what would have been at the time? 11 at the time. And, uh, yeah, the police got involved. And some fans got, uh, I don't know if they got ejected or anything, but, yeah, entertaining Brian Clough. And the next day, we played Manchester United, and we won 1-0. So, uh, uh, Kevin Drinkle had, I didn't go to the Man United game, but I can remember watching it on Grandstand, Man Nan, and and Grandad's. Um, Claire only anything as before, like uh, all the old social media or anything, but watching the score coming up, that Kevin Drinkle has scored in the 80th minute. And I remember that clear as anything. But I will tell you a funny story. Yeah. Only a few years ago, when we talked about Man United, um, we won there with um, Cameron Jerome and, and Taste Topoke. I remember the morning of the game, one of my friends, Phil Gray, he did actually say that Nod's going to win today. And I said, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. He ain't going <laughs> to win. Today. And so I, and I just, just didn't see anything. I said, if Norwich City win, um, I'll run around Car Road in a mankini on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, so that did you? Uh, soon went round, uh, soon went round um, uh, with everyone saying that, yep, yeah, if Norwich City win. And I was still confident that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I'll stick to that. And you can guess the rest, can't you? Well, luckily oh, oh, I did uh, have a mankini. And I went out for a few Christmas drinks on Christmas Eve. I got <laughs> back and uh, I said to Mrs Spud about um, about my bet, about me running around in my Christmas pants? And she just laughed at me and said, yeah, OK, then. I thought, are you being serious? And I'd had a few drinks and um, we went down Cow Road. And as that stroke midnight, I ran Cow Road in just my pants and a Norwich City hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
1: there we go. As the Radio Norfolk boys like to say with you, that's a classic bit of spud <laughs> 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 um wow <laughs> i wasn't expecting it to go in that direction um, didn't didn't good old roy waller have to go naked around norwich when when they won promotion or, or something like that um i can't remember i guess that would have been the the uh, maybe the playoffs or, or or 2004 and and i seem to remember that it did actually happen does anyone remember that
8: i think i remember that he had to, he, he he went around but i think he done it at like four o'clock in the morning didn't he right so, so I, think, <laughs> I do remember, I think um, maybe Chris or Rob could tell a full story, but I do remember it as well.
1: Yeah, good old Roy. Uh, I was pleased that we managed to get a, a sticker of him in the book this year as well, because uh, what what a legend. Lo- love that you sat yourself in front of the Christmas tree, by the way, as well, and and, and the Christmas tree <laughs> <jump>, a great, <laughs> great effort. Um,
8: uh, yeah. in- I, I, do you know I haven't got a Norwich one. It's quite a bit of a shame, really. So uh, I've gone for uh, Only Fools North, just a bit of cushy, you know.
1: Kushdie Rodney, Kushdie. Um, <laughs> right. right. Well, um, my stepdad calls me Rodney, thinking it's funny. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> um, in general, then, Spud, who's who's really stood out for you so far this season? Who who are the players that um, that, you, that you've really been impressed with?
8: Do you know it's really hard to say when you watch it on TV because I've only been to the first game so far. So I don't think I can give it as best judgment as maybe you guys can who have been going most of the weeks. But um, when I went there the other week uh, against Fars, I was very impressed with both Jacob and uh, Josh Martin. I thought they both played ever so well. Um, but it's, everyone has played; they played their part, and I just think that just shows our depth and our quality um, of all the players that we played all, well all over the pitch. Um, and even accounting McGovern as well, because I think he's been excellent, Uh, a bit like what Terry said. I think it's very difficult for a goalkeeper uh, coming in, because when they're on the bench, I think the outfield players think they've got a good chance of coming on. Um, I don't think the goalkeepers normally think that. So, I think when he came on against Stoke, it is going to be a bit tough for him. But overall, um, there's been plenty of players. You're going to say Timo, you're going to say Emmy all the while. Um, they they're stood out, and mario so and not forgetting right. skip there's so many players so many players who have played so well and i know we're not getting the big results like we did when we two years ago the four nils and all that but, but well, i think we're showing our um quality just by just getting a result
1: well that that has segued perfectly spud you, you you've been a bit mystic there because i've got a question about ollie skip which i'm going to put the pad here but we've got another goal alert and it's good news. They are, The under-18s are now 4-1 up at Wolves. And we've got another third-round hat-trick hero, just like Josh Martin last year. It's Abu Kamara this year. Um Apparently he uh, cross came in from the left and Kamara gets on the end of it. That's four one in the 57th minute. So the youth heading into the fourth round of the FA youth cup as things stand, unless they manage to make a mess of it from here. I have to say, I don't know a great deal about Abu Kamara. I think he's had a, a, a little bit of involvement at under 23 level, but he's someone that um, we're going to have to uh, swat up on because uh, a hat trick at that stage and against Wolves who are, you know, obviously a, a wealthy club. They, spend plenty on their academy they brought in that Portuguese kid for the first team recently didn't they he was 18 and I'm talking off the top of my head here I think it was 25 million or something wasn't it so um they've been going along well in under 18 Premier League North I think it's only Liverpool Man United and and Man City who are above them in in that table so um that is looking very impressive and and the Youth Cup for, for Norwich City just continues to be a competition that they, they just excel at, and I, I think that all that previous success of 2013 and things like that makes the under-18s hungry when they when they come through at Norwich because they realise the impact that it can make on their careers. Um, but, uh, yes, that question about Oli Skip for you, Paddy. Um, actually, Michael Starr says Max Aaron's is literally ridiculously good, um, which is nice, strong praise. But Max Pike on YouTube asks, do you think we'll have a chance of signing Skip if we get promoted? What do you think of that, Pad? Um, do you think there's any chance they can maybe get him on, on loan? I mean, permanent seems pretty, pretty non-existent chance, isn't it?
6: Yeah, exactly that. Uh, no chance permanent um, because he's so hardly thought of at Tottenham. And talking of academies, they have, they have tried to bring players through, you know, Winks is the, is the most recent example. As far to stop and think, you know, there are examples of, tottenham's academy working pretty successfully and he is very much seen as another one who can come through that pipeline so long term no sadly um but yeah without a shadow with doubt, you know if you're painting a scenario where norwich are in the premier league next season is he going to go back and be that close to tottenham's starting 11 in the premier league given what they're doing under jose this season they're having a the right good go at winning the thing so um Possibly, possibly. Why wouldn't he want to come back? Because he'd be guaranteed to play regular football. And probably, if you're looking at it from the Tottenham perspective, next season, Ollie Skip probably needs to be playing in the Premier League because it's all about building blocks to eventually being a genuine first team option for Tottenhams. So Daniel thinks a lot of him. Uh, you can see that the amount of minutes he's he's the constant in that central two. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. If, if all the planets are aligned, I think Norwich would love to get him back. And the little the, the couple of times I've spoken to him, spoke to him out in Germany, the player, and I think there was a game here in England as well. He's, he's loving it here as well. He's loving working under Farker. Um, he obviously knew the likes of Max Aarons and Todd Cantwell with England under-21s. Um, and you can just tell, you can just tell he looks comfortable in that team with what he's asked to do. Um, and that, I'm pretty sure, there's a lot of Norwich fans would be very happy if, if A, Norwich were in the Premier League, but B, Ollie Skip's still in that central midfield.
1: Yeah, he's he's just so steady and consistent, and, and when you speak to him as well, um, I, I spoke to him via Zoom. Yeah, I think you actually got to speak to him sort of face to face, socially distanced, didn't you? But he's he's very down to earth, down isn't he, and um, and considered and. Um, the one thing I would say with him as well is that I think he only turned 20 in September so he's got so much time on his side and to, to get into the Tottenham team you know you think that they at the moment are hopefully challenging for the for the Premier League title so it's going to be a big ask for him to get into the Tottenham team without any Premier League experience so that would be a bit of a dream wouldn't it if Norwich could get promoted and, and keep Ollie Skip but um, we'll see plenty plenty of water to uh, to flow under the bridge um between now and then isn't it um, I just realised as well we've got a um, we've got a championship game up and running as well haven't we let me just check the score of that which is Preston Bristol City one it's 1-0 scored. is it ah have they yeah, oh, yeah. Right. the Sinclair, BBC is still Sinclair, Sinclair, 0-0 Sinclair. yes Sinclair, Daniel Johnson Sinclair. Sinclair, yeah right okay well that would be a helpful result for Norwich as well wouldn't it if they if they continued like that um if uh, we'll be wrapping fairly soon because we wanted to keep this to sort of 90 minutes roughly uh, the length of a football match and um yeah so the last few minutes if you want to get any questions um and and comments in um but um Pad just if I can just quickly come back to you on Kintia um we had a bit of an update on him for Daniel today and 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 hopefully he's not he's not going to be too far away is he?
6: Yeah, I mean, basically, Daniel said, um, still individually training. Um, but from next Tuesday on, if there's no issues between now and then, he'll be back uh, in the team unit, um, which is very good news. There was obviously the added issue that he'd gone back to Villarreal in Spain and he had to obviously quarantine. So clearly, reading between the lines, that that's going to uh, run its course. And so in, in in theory, that after this game, he should be available or in the mix anyway for Watford. But I don't know what the guys think, but I think Jakob Sorensen would probably have a, a very fair argument to retain his place because I, th- I think he's been very consistent, given he's a makeshift left back. But of course, you know, you might argue what we saw from Quintia, he does offer a, a bit more of an attacking dimension. And um, you know, th- there's one, there's one absolute cast iron guarantee that Norwich will be looking to bring in a left back in, in January because I don't think you could rely on a Quintia's fitness for the rest of the season and b probably Jakob Sorensen to play from here to the end of the season. At left back, so good news in the short term with with Chavi. Yet yeah, no doubt about it, but maybe Norwich are probably going to look to try and add in that area of the squad in January. I think.
1: Yeah, and um, Terry, if I come to you that on that left back situation, then um, Jakob Sorensen's done pretty well. But what you want to see happen in January? Is it just as straightforward as you'd like to see Sam McCallum back?
7: Yeah, I think a lot of people would actually, don't they? He's done really well. Um, uh, people kept asking, can, he, can we call him back earlier? Because, you know, he he's such a good prospect. He's doing really well. And it's, he's in a position where we actually really need somebody at the moment. I mean, Jacob's done brilliantly. I think uh, sometimes you forget that's not his natural position because he's just come in and within a couple of matches, he looks so completely at home and so completely comfortable. And then you kind of have to remind yourself, oh, yeah, he's not actually a left back. He's just filling in. But again, it just shows what talent there is in the squad that we can, with all those injuries, we had all those people who were out. We managed to find somebody who doesn't even play in that role, and he's coming and he's made it his own. <laughs> but I, I agree, he's not a long-term prospect. We need somebody. Um, we need somebody who can play in that role full time.
1: Okay, Michael Starr says I live in Bristol, and the locals are very, very angry with them. Yeah, they they appointed from within, didn't they? Dean Holden replaced Lee Johnson, and. Um, Yeah, I thought they should have gone for Chris Hewton at the time, personally, but they missed him. Um, Colin Penny, uh, so pleased that Michael McGovern has done so well after he had to wait for so long for his chance, but he just had to be the only player in the new Canaries annual to have his first name spelled incorrectly. How does he catch a break? Oh dear, that's that's an unfortunate one. But um, after the after Ken Foggo Gate of the uh, first stick book, I, uh, I I'm in a glass house and will not throw stones. <laughs> um, well, Spud, just just finally, and then we'll we'll wave goodbye to to you and Terry. Um, Daniel Farker, I think I don't think we've really touched on it yet in 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 Pink and Live that uh, he he's really had an impact on games this year, and sometimes. He's got criticism for his use of substitution. Do you think that we're actually seeing Farker grow this season as well, and 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 show that he's he's learned lessons from all that has happened in those first three seasons?
8: Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, spot on. I, I agree along with that. Um, Thinking in the past, we've been uh, he's been a bit slow on on the substitutions, but um, every time he's done substitution this season, they've been absolutely spot on. Uh, prime example being on Wednesday night at the halftime, it wasn't working. In the first half and then just nice to bring on Dar and uh Todd on. Uh, same as earlier season when um Swansea um with Josh Martin and Mumber and, and improved uh, um, a changing point.
1: Yeah, well, I think, I think Spud's <laughs> Wi-Fi's given up the ghost, unfortunately. But t- Terry and, and Spud, um, thank you so much for joining us. I- have a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed um, we can get you involved on the pod again at some time soon. Cheers, Terry. Cool, oh,
7: no Thanks, Terry.
1: problem. Thank you. Right, um, let's bring Connor back in. But um, first, we're going to bring you a, a little bit of a clip from Daniel Farker from today's press conference where he, he was asked about the uh, the January transfer window.
4: I was uh, I was asked about this question since uh, since Emmy arrived here in England. Or at least after after his first appearance, or so, more than 24 months, um, he's he's our player. He's fully committed. So we've spoken about the situation. He has said everything that is to speak about. So it's not up to me to to uh, take part in any speculations, and any rumors, and any um, successes of him. Or Emmy um, is our player. He will be our player. He's quite unbelievably important for us, and we're all happy that he. Has. You can sense on the pitch how much. These players also, players also appreciate right now also to represent the yellow shirt and how much fun they have together. This group is meanwhile also pretty pretty settled and yeah, even for the players who were perhaps thinking in, in uh, straight after after relegation from the Premier League about perhaps leaving right now, they see okay, listen, there's no hangover. We are still in a, in a, in a top position. Uh, we have a proper key team. We win many many games. It's a possibility. Uh, To shine, it's it's football. When you when you're winning games and you enjoy the game, then you enjoy also your own game. You're in a good mood, so. It's it's a completely different uh, different situation. And- right. Well, um, Connor,
1: if, if I can come to you on um, what what do you think sort of Daniel's uh, mood was almost like about January? Because he got well, he literally got sick and tired of talking about transfers and and all the fuss that there was around the, the summer transfer window and that it would you know went beyond the um, start of the season and things like that. Do, do you feel like he sort of braced for it almost, and that the fact that The Premier League is potentially, very much potentially, no one's getting carried away, are they, on the horizon, just allows him to be a little bit more relaxed about it?
5: Yeah, I think so. I used the word settled today and, and you hope that's the case throughout January but um, I think we've already seen today four or five links concerning Norwich City. It kind of felt like the day that January kick-started today and, and, and the speculation has sort of um, gone up a gear and I think that we'll, we'll obviously get more of that as we head into January um, particularly around sort of the three that Norwich fans are dreading losing in terms of Top while Emi Boundeer and Max Aaron. I think it's inevitable. But Hopefully the experience, particularly with, with, with Campwell and Wendy of the summer and uh, and that will, will have taught them maybe a little bit of a lesson. As, as he said today, there's been really no hangover. They're in a good position. If Norwich can maintain their position at the top of the table heading into January, then they've got a really strong negotiating position with these players because if, as was the case with Fulham the, or, or with, uh, with Campwell in the summer, the only sort of, Inquiry is, is from Fulham, then um, realistically, Norwich can look at it and, and, and say to, to Todd, well, that's a, a team that Norwich could be swapping divisions with in, in a few months. So I think now that there's a that you can see promotion on the horizon, they can see a, a viable route back into the Premier League, it will focus minds a little bit unless we're obviously in, in, in a realm where we're seeing Real Madrid, which after Barcelona in the, in the summer, I wouldn't totally discount there now. Um, but but it, if it's a club <laughs> of that stature and that size with that finance, then ultimately the situation shifts a little bit. And as will always be the case with Norwich, they will listen to two offers that are reasonable and that they deem um, acceptable. That's always been the case. That will always be the case under the the current model. Um, But it it has the potential to be a difficult month, as it was a difficult couple of of weeks at the start of the season. But you would hope with the position they're in, with the lessons that have been learnt from from this time um, a, a few months ago, that it will have focused minds and, and it will have just settled down a little bit. January doesn't tend to be a window where you see really, really big moves happen. It tends to be clubs kind of clamouring for a striker and um, maybe the, the loans and whatnot are a bit more prominent in, in this window. So you would hope it would be a bit more settled, but obviously with agents as active as they are nowadays and with the talent that Norwich City have in their ranks, um, I expect it to quite to be another loud window. I think we're, we're probably going to end up linking probably half the Premier League to Emi Bundier and Max Aaron. So I'm kind of bracing myself for that. But if Norwich can emerge with with all three of those players still at the club, I think regardless of what they do in terms of incomings, fans will look at that and say that's a very successful window.
1: Yeah, interesting one today. Emiliano Marcondes at Brentford midfielder would seem to sort of fit the profile of what Norwich would look at. Um, but um, his contract's up at the end of the season. So um, there's that and uh, a Norwegian left back that we worked up today. So Pinkin.com is the place to go for that. Um, but uh, just finally, before we, we close the show, Paddy, if I can come to you really on on sort of a, a reflection on, on this year. It's, it's kind of felt like, kind of felt like a blur, isn't it? You know, if you remember when we actually were allowed to go into the office and stuff in March, um, following that Sheffield United game when we did a Facebook Live, didn't we, when football was cancelled and then three months and it, it, it's just been the strangest year, hasn't it? I mean, I don't think we will we will ever forget this um, this year, will we? Uh, absolutely not,
6: mate, no. And, uh, you know, it puts things in perspective really, but um, in terms of the football dimension at least but you know it's uh and who knows how long it'll be before we get back to whatever the new normal looks like but you know there's bigger things to worry about than football clearly but uh you know for me the one of the, one of the most uplifting moments of this year which has been horrendous was was the Preston game actually um which was the first pilot when I think it was a thousand in that day, uh, early September at Car Road, and and just just the vibe around you know Car Road that day, outside the ground, inside the ground, the roars that greeted the players when they emerged, and you know I think it brought home to me, um, and obviously we're there, fortunately in a professional capacity, but it just brought home that what a football, and more importantly, what Norwich City means to so many people, um, and maybe that is something we as football. Fans, media, whatever, t- uh, would take for granted until we get a year unlike any other. That you know the usual grumbles and gripes about uh, I don't know playing X over Y or why didn't he make this change or you know yeah. whatever are just pale into insignificance with the actual pleasure and, and the importance to a lot of people of their football club in their lives and uh, you know maybe it's actually strengthened the connection. I know it's still tough because. Apart from the lucky two thousand, who are allowed in at the moment, there is must clearly feel there is a detachment for a lot of Norwich fans. But we just hopefully you now, with with the news with the vaccine and the rollout, hopefully uh, next year that maybe from the start of next season twenty one twenty two, we can get back to full houses at carr Road and and just a newfound love connection for for the football club and. uh you know, if there's anything positive that can come out of it in a purely sporting football context then that is it. But uh, wouldn't it be nice if that actually coincides with Norwich back in the Premier League as well?
1: Oh, how strange would that be, wouldn't it? If the first full house in 2021 uh, at the start of, of next season was back in the Premier League, that would uh, that would just be so strange. But um We've done our best to navigate through it, haven't we? Both as fans and media, and coming towards the end of the year, just I guess everyone's just hoping they can have a have a, a Christmas that's as safe as possible and uh, and as good as possible as well. But um, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight, and um, thank you for listening to the podcast uh, throughout the year. Let me just. Double check back on the the Youth Cup. They are still four-one up at Wolves. Fifteen minutes to go, so that's you know touch wood looking safe that they're going to get through to the fourth round um, with that one. Uh, enjoy the Cardiff game tomorrow, whether you're at Car Road or still having to uh, to watch from home. Thank you for uh, thank you to producer Tony as well for pulling the strings in the background uh, to make this happen. Um, and yeah, have a great Christmas. And here's to a uh, 2021 when we get back to. towards normality and, and who knows maybe we even have another promotion to talk about thanks very much guys